Yeah, buddy. Thanks for your time, Mike. I appreciate the time, Jared. Wanted to get into the new album and the tour and look back a little bit and do all that. But man, oh man, you've been on fire here. I figured it'd be another year or so till we got a brand new album with as much fun and product as you put out. Class of 2020 is the last time I talked to you. And I know you had been working on that for a while, but then bam, Khalifa's Worldwide, 70s hits from the pit. So I figured it'd be another year or so. But tell me, when did you start working on the new album, Detox? Well, okay, Mike. Um, Wow. Uh, Some of these tracks have been done for over a year. You know, um, I delivered the track. I delivered the record over a year ago. Oh, wow. um, You know, ever since COVID hit, I was just on a mad uh, creative um, process that I was into recording. And the Khalifa's was born out of that because of of all the um the side work i was doing just to you know make ends meet um class of 2020 was kind of thrown together but this khalifa's was not thrown together (laughs) you know uh we really took our time with it you know between class of 2020 and khalifa's was when i met my new uh guitar player my new writing partner remy who's from holland uh amsterdam in that area Mm. and so that's definitely part of the magic of the new record um he and i you know collabed on it you know 75 percent, 80 percent of it the other stuff is you know just kind of the head pe thing or me you know picking up a guitar but um yeah so that's the long and short of it really you know uh really took my time with it uh, you know the people from the label got a little bit annoyed because there were some tracks that I was never happy with. I had rewritten and rewritten and rewritten, but finally the the record I delivered, I was happy with. But even now when I hear songs, I'm like, Oh, I, w- <laughs> I should have done that differently, but that's just the way I am. Yeah. You know, that's a funny question to get into it. When is a song ever done? Usually you're up against a time, time limit. You know, you got to go on tour, get it done, turn it in. Do you do like a, 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 test in the car or anything do you pump in the car to make sure it sounds right oh the dread the dreaded car test oh dude let me tell you about the car test (laughs) because i've been doing car tests since the beginning of my career you know since uh i was a kid or whatever since you know what anytime i'm at like the biggest studio in la in order to really test it I have to go out, have them burn a CD and go in my suburban yep. uh, parked out front and play it in the car. That's the true test to yep. get the shit going right. <laughs> but OK, so on this last on detox, dude, you know, uh, Remy, my uh, partner and I, we were working on mixes, bro, like. And this is like overseas because he spends all his time in Holland. Right. So we're working on mixes, FaceTiming, phoning this and that just 12 hours a day and just never happy with it. Um, Well, we were happy with it until the fucking car check. Excuse my language. (laughs) But yeah, dude. And then the car check, I was like dude this is not sound it does not sound right for some reason i don't know but it ended up in our favor because then we took the record to uh ulrich ulrich wild who's like done oh, the yeah. deftones and static x and static x pantera anyway he's like a freak he's like a freaking wizard you know um this guy i don't know what he did but 
you know, some of this this music stuff is like just magic to me, you know, because I have the same equipment he probably does. But whatever he did to the record just was beautiful. So I'm glad it turned out that way because I really like the way he made it sound. Yeah, the record sounds great. So many great tracks, the title track. Uh, I mean, all kind of jams throughout it. Waiting kind of felt like you trying to get back out on the road and, and waiting for that opportunity. Was that one you wrote kind of early on? <laughs> well, here's a good story about waiting is um, it was inspired by my teenager and like his um, different romantic, you know, things that were going on in his in his freshman year. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I've been I've been with my girl, with my wife for 22 years now, you know, and um, so I don't write many. <laughs> I may write some love songs, but not too many embattled songs. There's a couple, though. There's another one on the record, too late which was inspired by like if i lost my wife how it would freak me out type shit but mm. anyway it's not like that younger angst that you get you know <laughs> what i mean when you're like young and pissed off that i that i used to like write broke you right. know what i mean for instance <laughs> like i was super pissed you know back then and and uh it came out in the songs and the lyrics so but anyway for waiting though like i'm saying um i kind of captured a bit of that because i was just you know writing kind of it, let's say it was inspired by what my son was going through but there's also other shit just thrown in there that's jared shit you yeah. know um but uh waiting is an interesting one because uh it's always interesting for as an artist to like not write strictly from personal experience you know what i mean mike like, i think in these days of like hip-hop and like uh gangster rap and whatever a lot of the uh the population is just so used to like hearing an artist talk about the real shit in their life all the time and forget that sometimes it's, it's you know it's not about that it's just about writing some shit that's foreign to you and trying to like explore that uh, frame of mind you know fiction you can write fiction sometimes and those yeah, that. Fiction. <laughs> Been loving the loving the new album. Been playing uh, Detox a ton too. That's that's been the first single I've been jamming. Tell me about that one. Oh, good. I'm glad you asked because I'm always like uh, excited to tell people that like the the person or the the entity that's singing detox is the vice you know it's not really the the person that's addicted it's the chemical or the action the person's addicted to mm. so you know the chorus is like i know what you want i know what you need that's like the vice whatever it is whether it's you know whatever chemical or pornography or whatever it might be <laughs> um, so like yeah so that's what that song was um the inspiration for that song was dude because you know what this is my leap year i'm an old dude but i'll tell you what i've had a lifelong like struggle with um addiction but you know when i was in my 20s it was pretty gnarly like you know i could couldn't keep a job and like move to different apartments like seven times in one year now that i'm older it's just like drinking wine and doing you know subtle things you know but it's still there you know so um writing the record detox was just about because when COVID came around i was drinking a little too much you know uh. just like escaping honestly just you know escaping reality um which I use wine a lot for because I'm not like getting drunk off of it ever. You know, I'm never slurring my words, but it's definitely like numbing the pain. <laughs> I was going you know? to ask you about that with pour my wine. Do you have a, do you have a certain uh, flavor? Are you a Pinot guy, a cab guy? Okay, well, I do like Pinot, but that's, all, that's if I can't find 
but it's hard to find like a Greek, <laughs> a Greek dry red, oh. you know, um, very hard to find those. So I do like, I like a, a red wine that's like translucent, you know, um, well that I can kind of see through it a little bit. And I'll tell you where it started, Mike, where I was watching this, like a program about longevity. And it was saying like some of the people with the longest lifespans on earth living on an Island in Greece. Ah. And, um, they like drank wine with three meals a day, which was just great. I should have never watched this thing. because <laughs> It gave me the excuse, <laughs> but anyway, so like I was watching, looking at their wine and it wasn't like that thick red wine that we're used to seeing. It looked more like a Kool-Aid type of like you could see through it Boon so then i went on this like uh trip on the internet to try and find wine from that exact region and i found it but you know what i can't find it anymore uh, i had cases of it too but i went through all of it <laughs> so with the greek wine did you get on in on the greek food as well because that's what i've been into a lot lately is greek food man mediterranean diet yeah. is that what you're talking yeah. about yeah well it's good for you i'm telling you it's it um the people who live there where it comes from enjoy a long lifespan. So that's what it's all about. The older we get, man, trying to be as healthy as possible. It really is. You know what, dude, I was nihilistic in my youth, you know, <laughs> um, the early head PE records show it. They didn't age well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean for me now as like a proper husband and father of a son and a baby daughter? It's like, whoa, it's like, things are so different. It's, you know, and you know, what's a trip is sometimes as you know, I've had a long uh, career mm -hmm. and then like, I keep in touch with the quote unquote fan base or the, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes I'll change my mind about shit that like, you know, that is documented on a record, you know, when I am speaking my mind and then I'll just like evolve in my thinking or whatever. And I'll get a backlash from that, you know, from some people, some people understand that when you, just age makes you evolve in your thinking about certain shit, you know? Yeah, we got to evolve. We all evolve. I mean, we have to, unless you're ACDC yeah. or something. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, that evolve, that's how you survive is to evolve. Exactly. Exactly. Well, dude, looking forward to the show, man. We got you in, in SoCal coming back home, Orange County. I think it's going to be your first time. Have you played the new House of Blues yet? Dude, I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> I let out a big sigh because you know what coming from Orange County and like, you know, um, making it out of Orange County. Right. Yeah. Uh, as big as you can imagine, like for a kid that grew up in that area and like when there was a tower records and then seeing my record, you know, on the fucking sign out there and just selling out the whiskey and the Roxy, which be and the key club and you know just so now you know after on this on this plateau where i'm at let's call it um you know coming back to town is bittersweet you know because it's not like the heyday like it was you know like there's like we're getting played on k-rock and this and that but um i'll tell you what the reason i i gave that story was because when we recently played the uh, house of blues at the parish i was so stoked by how what a wonderful time it was. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was just a good time and good vibes. And it was nostalgic for me to be in town again and have that many people show up and just party with us. <laughs> so I'm stoked to, to be back. But again, it's, it's like I'm on pins and needles to see who wants to party uh, <laughs> uh, with head PE in 2024. But you know, our record was number one, Apple metal and rock. So Mike, you never know. 
I love it. Love it. And we also got uh, on the bill, Johnny Richter and then, um, uh, stack styles out of Tucson. Right. Yeah. I'm really stoked on that to have some good, uh, hip hop out with us and DJ swamp, who is also, um, infamous as well. And DJ product world famous. Oh yeah. You know, it's going to be a good night of music, fucking heavy metal, punk rock, hardcore, little bit of reggae some hip-hop it's gonna be just it's good mike you know i'm stoked i'm stoked it's i wish the run were longer but it's just cali dates no no we start off in montana montana boise then all cali you know little vegas in there too and imagine the hardest right that's right imagine the hardest part at this point though and especially with the new owl mountains putting together the set list is that like impossible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dude you have great questions but um, here's the thing right so dude okay so i have like 150 published songs through head pe right so that's like 11 records or something right so at a show what you're gonna play 12 to 15 songs or something we do like a on some shit we do like a punk rock medley shit where it's like you know it's a choice between between playing you know eight songs in their entirety or playing 12 or 13 and not playing huge extended parts that are on the record you know so that's what we kind of do i mean we have a lot of short punk rock songs too but there's a lot of long like prog songs too so um i'm trying to give the people what they want at the shows mike so i'm kind of like instinctively it's a trick it's a trip because the songs i choose are some of the are that like the top streaming songs right you know so it's like there's 150 songs but guess what there's 20 that are the top streamers so i'm choosing from those 20 and maybe sometimes i'll choose from outside the top 20 but generally i look at that as this is what the people want to hear so that's what i'm trying to play you know Makes makes perfect sense, dude. I appreciate all the time. I did want to rewind. We've been talking a little bit about the past, just kind yeah. of past, and we're still kind of in the 20th anniversary of Blackout and kind of wanted to go back to to making that record because I think at that point, after the success of Bartender, the, the heat was on kind of from the label at that point because you recorded that album in a bunch of different places and took a few years to put that one out. Yeah. And it wasn't well received either. And I wasn't in a good place mentally. The band wasn't in a good place either um, in terms of morale. Um, You know, uh, was that just from grinding on broke? Dude. (sighs) (laughs) There was a several things at play during the time. One of the things was that my guitar player and I, who were the like the, you know, uh, the main writers, uh, we couldn't get together. Like I just couldn't get them to come to my apartment and write with me. So there was that, you know, it wasn't the same, like, you know, so I'm not sure you would have to ask Wes what was going on <laughs> with him at that time to where he was not showing up and writing with me. You know what I mean? Right. Um, cause I'm not really sure why he wouldn't, but, um, so at the same time, um, so I was a little bit salty. About, I wasn't like stoked with everything. I think Chad was, had Chad left yet? Doesn't matter. But um, 
So, and the label was like the guy who signed us, who I, uh, may he rest in peace, which was name was Jeff Fenster, who also signed like guns and roses and shit, wow. but he had left the label and the guy that was left, who was our artist relations guy. He didn't like me or like head PE or the vibe or anything like that. So him and I were always like, he would come to my hotel room in New York and go over every word of every song and be like, this doesn't make sense. What are you talking about here? Uh. This- he was really fucking me up. So, <laughs> but so anyway, dude, and, and I'm going to be honest with you at the time, um, I was a little bit like, I wasn't stoked on like, um, I wasn't stoked on, uh, I wasn't stoked on being called like rap rock at the time. Hmm. So I wanted to put out a record with less rap in it to be, to be honest. Really? Um, how come? And, uh, you know what? Looking back, that was a mistake, though. Ah. I stuck with my guns um, and just stuck with the hip hop that I was into. Um, but, you know, uh, there was like things coming at me from different places. And that was a just, you know, I'm not one of these people who doesn't have regrets. I've got like a big, huge mountain of them. <laughs> you know? And that, and that's one of them um, is that when blackout, I didn't keep it. Uh, I didn't keep I didn't keep the fire bars and keep like my uh, my um, commitment to hip hop. It was a lot of just rock. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I remember working at a different Inland Empire radio station when that album came out and getting the single and rushing it into the studio. And then I'm just trying to remember you guys even played out in San Bernardino at a club called Gotham Forest back like right when that album came out. And I was trying to think if that was the Jaeger tour with Saliva or if that was just a straight headline. I don't know, but Gotham was huge for Head P.E., and again, that's like a bittersweet place where I have the best memories and the worst memories <laughs> of, of Gotham, dude. And I'm talking about, yeah, like drug fueled, terrible memories. Uh, <laughs> any, any stories, any Gotham stories you care to share? Just like just like. Uh, you know what? The reason I don't share details is because like I have a teenage son and then his friends will be like, Hey, here's your dad on, uh, on their phone. And they'll be like, Hey, here's your dad doing this and saying this. And I mean, this is, I'm not making it up. It's already happened. Right. And so I'm very reluctant to like <laughs> tell the, the fuck, the fucking gory details about stories, <laughs> but let's just say Gotham. Oh my God, dude. It's just dirty, dirtiness there. Good and bad. But yeah, dude, that was the heyday. Like we were selling that place out like before getting signed, right? Um, because we could go, we could go from like Vegas up to like, you know, Pocatello, Idaho before we got signed and play some pretty sweet shows. But um, yeah, dude, that that's the blackout thing. Wow. Like I had like I had like um, famous people or famous people. That what a terrible thing to say. I had like um, Shabo from System of a Down like tell me straight to my face he did not like the Blackout record. Wow! And that like to this day, like, can you imagine? Like <laughs> that hurts, you know? Yeah. Because like they're like a god band, 
and he's part of a God band. <laughs> and so it's like, and I know, I know for a fact that like, <laughs> I'm really gossipy, I guess, but I, I just know shit, you know, like I know for a fact that like, um, dude, singer from the Deftones is like not a fan either. Chino. And this, and these are like two bands that I'm like, are like my favorite bands ever. Yeah. You know what I heard that like, that that happens like when you get into a business it like it lifts the veil and it's like it's no longer like you can't like enjoy it the same as as an outsider but i still i don't care about that you know um because everyone's in dude because i'm one of these self-aware guys that's like one i'm aware that i'm not the smartest guy and uh b i'm also aware that like a lot of my music super corny and then like as i'm writing it i like know that it's corny and then still do it (laughs) (laughs) you gotta have a sense of humor you gotta laugh in music you can't be serious all the time well, maybe maybe I should be serious a little more of the time when I'm like hitting record, Mike, but <laughs> it just is what it is. Well, lastly, just to put a button on that little time period, I've recently kind of become friends with your OG drummer, BC, who says hello. Uh, He's been playing yeah. with some friends of mine in a band called Bias, and I told him I was talking to you today, and he just said, say what's up. Yeah, they're nice guys, and um, I saw BC and Vegas and gave him a hug. And, you know, we were actually supposed to, um, we were actually supposed to play with bias and Wes's band human, um, at the whiskey, like my band had PE, uh, this this version of head PE mm-hmm. uh, is was supposed to like do a, a show with them, which I was pretty excited about where we would like, you know, they their bands would play. And then uh, the old version of head PE would play some of those old head PE songs. And then the new version from head PE would play like the new shit, like the peer pressure, Sophia, raise hell, renegade, the old shit is like, you know, bartender, uh, yada, yada, yada. Waiting so, dude, that sounds so exciting to me. But um, I let my manager kind of um, uh, handle that, right? Because it's a big ordeal, like getting all of us back on, on the same stage. Well, I kind of want to say it's a big ordeal. I just want to say I think it's better for someone other than myself to, <laughs> to, do to, the work. to handle it yeah you know but um nothing but love for bc and and everybody that i've ever fucking um uh earned 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 a living through music with and especially you know those guys that's a special place that exists with bc and the whole you know bc mark west and all the guys of us playing before ever doing a record because after that it's totally different then it's me just hiring guys and offering cash to go and play and finding the best guys because i also have a a repertoire already that people want to hear and then i can pay you where it's like with the original guys though it's more just like everybody already has a day job and they're just like going in at night and practicing and having fun and like like playing shows in riverside at gotham you know and and just you know running the shit but but not yet making it uh, worldwide because now you know now it's like australia england bulgaria russia wherever you know 
I'm, I can go there and pay my guys. But before, it's just a dream, you know? It's like a fraternity. It's a, it's a little fraternity you have with those OG guys. Yeah, because, you know, but somebody was mentioning, like, I don't know, like, uh, how many different members have, have come and gone. But And at the same time, I look at, like, the guys I have now, like, Trauma's been with me for, like, 15 years, dude. You know, He's and Kurt were like Ben. <laughs> so it's like, wow, it's just it's such a long train ride. But I'm an old geezer, so there has to be a history behind me. I love it. Love it. Jared, appreciate all the time. Last thing I got for you, man. We're an old school radio station. We do a feature called Mandatory Metallica, which you're going to be a part of every night at 10 o'clock. And I'm, I was just trying to think, man, if you did 80s hits from the pit, would there be a, a Metallica tune in there? Oh, dude. Yeah, but you know what? Whoa, what's wrong with this shit? Oh, my keyboard got unplugged. But you know what? Let me take... Since my brain is not... My memory isn't what it should be. Um, Let's go ahead and bring up some of, uh, some of these tracks. Oh, I would like to do some of the shit from like Masters of Puppets and shit like Master that. Master of Puppets, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, because check this out. I was, like, living in, like, huh, either Garden Grove. Garbage Grove? Yeah, Garbage garbage Grove or Orange or Santa Ana, some shit like that. Dude, I've lived, like, 12 different places when I was just, like, <laughs> killing myself in Orange County. <laughs> but, um, dude, uh, I remember the kid, the kid who lived downstairs for me brought up the master of puppets and the fucking um, uh, the new Guns N' Roses record, Appetite, you know, yeah. for destruction on, on two records. And he played them both for me. He's like, dude, you've got to hear this. This is the shit right now. And I was like, whoa, that is so great. And I really went to see Guns N' Roses at a place that held like 1,500 people, um, some kind of something ballroom uh it, the name escapes me right now but um yeah mike that so that's a good story right there but anyway yeah i'd like i would like to like seek and destroy or some old shit right for master or is that or that's from kill em all though yeah shit like that i would obviously love to do something before the black album you know so you you felt that too when the black album came out you were kind of like whoa what's this what happened to my metal band yeah, but the Black Album was still huge for me, and I still fucking loved it. Like, every time I uh, even mention it, uh, uh, a certain spot, like uh, a road between Orange, Orange and, like, uh, Santa uh, Mission Viejo or something, like a street oh, I used to drive. Yeah, exactly. I picture that every time because <laughs> I used to drive it every day after work, and that record had come out, and I would just blare it. Remember, like, our old school stereos that had, like, no bass or anything? Uh, but anyway, yeah, dude. So, um, but it was, like, again, it was different. But for me, I still really loved that record, dude. Yeah, I mean, great record. But it was just at first, like, whoa, what, hap what, what happened to the thrash metal, you know? It right. It wasn't, as th it wasn't thrash, dude. But look how huge it became. Oh, yeah. I mean, it gave them their career. I mean, I think it still sells, like, a million albums every year. <laughs> right dude that's insane dude have you ever gotten to see him live or share the stage with them on a festival or anything okay i mean i didn't see them but we've shared the stage with them we played on the same stage as metallica i can say that 
but you know, I it's more satisfying to say like we've played on the same stage as the original uh, Black Sabbath, and I watched them play. But um, I don't know. And you know what? I could have watched Metallica that night, but who knows what old school Jared was doing? Just like off, <laughs> fucking off somewhere doing something stupid, you know. <laughs> Talking about Black Sabbath, you're referring back to Ozfest and doing that whole run. Yeah, dude. And like we played, we also were um, on a record that uh, a, a, a Sabbath tribute record with like Pantera and yeah. System and stuff. And, um, you know, I was in Japan doing a press tour, just me and a, and a chaperone who had like tour managed Pantera and brought me backstage at a Pantera show. And Phil Anselmo like wrote his um, address on a napkin for me. Cause, and wow. Phil said to me, he said, is that you on the Sabbath? Um, he goes, your head PE, is that you then on the Sabbath tribute? And he goes, you've got a hell of a voice. Wow. And he goes, he goes, but you've got to you've got to cut out that rap shit. <laughs> really said that, and I think he gave me a few volume or something. <laughs> like, are you in the ups or downs or something like that? He said, and anyway, maybe I've said too much. <laughs> I love it. You I know, love Phil, it. Phil gets a lot of shit for the whole racist, you know how? Yeah, thing, yeah. But. yeah. Let's, let's give him. <laughs> let's give him. Let's give him a card or something. No, I'm, just, I'm trying to be funny, but I, I love that he's gotten Pantera back together or, or gone out with the new version 2.0. I guess Pantera. Is that okay? Is that okay? Oh God, I don't know if it is. Without, without. Look, I can see doing it without anybody else, but without Dimebag. Oh. <laughs> I know I could, if it was Phil and Dimebag and two other guys, but like the fact that it's Phil and two and two guys and no dimes, just like, oh, yeah, crazy. I guess you could see it and be super nostalgic. But as we're talking about it, it's, it hasn't it's not right with me yet. I feel yeah, I've seen it and I, I thought it was cool. I mean, it's great to great to hear those songs live again. OK, so there you go. And that means, you know what, that's. That 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 carries a lot of weight with me. You know what I mean? Someone who saw it and thought it was cool. Yeah. You know it I mean? couldn't have got better people. I mean, Charlie Benante from Anthrax on the drums and then Zach Wild Dimes Old Homie on guitar. It works. You know it works. what? Maybe that's the only dude who could do it too. Yeah. Is you know what I mean? Zach Wild, who I also have a story about where uh, we were both uh, in LA doing uh <laughs> doing a radio interview and I and um, I met him backstage and he was super cool and then just like pulled over a trash can and took a piss practically as <laughs> no not practically literally as he's talking to me just like turning like talking to me and just pissing in their trash can what a like that's a true that's fucking metal <laughs> who was drunker that though dude? at that day you uh, him, who was drunker that day you or him though him for sure i was probably more tweaked you know um and he was more drunk like opening up bottles on his belt buckle and oh yeah shit. yeah yeah he was saying his, his what zach was saying that day is like I, i've been married for this and that you know i'm a true viking you know i'm fucking faithful to my wife a lot of these vikings go around and 
and they're unfaithful to their wife and that's not a true viking anyway dude it's you know with the with a memory like mine it's amazing i can remember this shit <laughs> well i appreciate you sharing some old stories man it's always great to talk to you beautiful man thank you so much for the time can't wait to for the show at house of blues and hopefully i'll get to say hi to you out there yeah mike thank you for your time my brother i'll see you next time later all right peace bro Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.